heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. I'm Angela Tomlinson, your host, and we have a full house here, ladies and gentlemen. Today's show is going to be on blessings and curses. Many of you pray outside abortion clinics. You have been out there, prayer warriors, fighting for the Catholic Church, and we've had quite a few questions about, well, what happens when I'm out there? If they put, Could they put a curse on me? Would it stick? Am I putting my soul in danger? So we thought when we heard the number of people asking us that question that I'd go right to the expert. His name is Father Hans Flander. Father Hans is an OFM conventional friar at Marytown. I guess it's called the National Shrine of Maximilian Colby. Do I have that right, Father? Yes, you do. Yes, I do. He graduated from Sacred Heart Seminary in Hales Corner with a Master's in Divinity. He's an older vocation. He's been ordained for seven years this past May 26th. He is presently stationed at Marytown, which is the National Shrine of Maximilian Colby in Libertyville. He helps with masses and confessions. He is also the full-time vocation director for the province, which has a total of eight states in the Midwest. And with him is uh, Deacon Tom Gaida. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Gaida. Gaida. I'm not even. And I'm Italian. Are you Italian? Polish. Po- that's why I don't get it right. <laughs> that's what it is. I want to make an Italian name, and it's a Polish name. So it's Deacon Tom Gaida, and he uh, with. Uh, Deacon Tom, he started a Catholic men's hiking group. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Deacon Tom Gator, we're going to get all this out of the way so we can get right to the heart of the matter. He is the permanent deacon for the Shrine of the National Shrine of Maximilian Colby at Marytown. He was ordained on May 13th, which is a beautiful day to be ordained. Is that our Lady of Fatima? Pardon me? 100th anniversary. 100, wow, and the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. He is the deacon of the liturgy. He's a member of the Militia of the Immaculata. He teaches quarterly classes on Marian consecration. You're going to be everyone's new best friend when I'm reading this list, Deacon Tom. Uh, he's involved with the pro-life prayer ministry, which he uh, prays. Many of you have heard Father John Calgaro on the radio. We do public service announcements that he's there on Saturday morning, first thing with Deacon Tom, because he said that's when the killing of the baby starts. So right. you're right there early in the morning, and Deacon Tom's right there with him. He's involved with the prison ministry, leading the Sunday community communion service for the inmates at the Lake County Jail. And he works with the local parishes as a minister of care. And uh, Deacon Tom, I understand that you are the director of design and advertising. Uh, well, you are right now at Marytown, but For that's Mary your Town. background? Yes, I have my degree is in graphic design. And your degree is in graphic design. Yeah. So welcome to the show. We have... Um, we have two uh, people in our studio audience right now. We have Heidi Berktold, who is the administrator. Is that your title for the uh, Secular Franciscans? Minister. The minister, the not the administrator. You minister, you don't administer. Correct. Correct. Okay. And Rosemary Simon, who we all know who Rosemary is. Welcome, Rosemary, to the show. She says we don't, but we do. So we're going to get right down to business. So, uh, Father, we want to talk about blessings and curses and... Um, you gave us a little outline. What we'd like to cover today are the daily practices that we can do to keep on track, uh, prayers that are efficacious, the role of the sacraments, different levels of diabolical influence, and how to detect what's going on in our lives. I think are those the five main things we want to cover today. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, so we'll go, we'll, I'm going to trust the ball to you, Father Hans. What's on, what's on your heart? Okay. Well, why don't we just start with the definition of blessing? That sounds um, wonderful. Uh, the strict meaning of blessing is 
God is looking favorably upon a person or things. Uh, it is an expression of God's generosity and love. And if uh, I go a little further down here, blessing is a divine and life-giving action. We never think about it. It is a life-giving action, the source of which is the Father. His blessing is both word and gift, and when applied to man, the word blessing means adoration and surrender to his creator in thanksgiving. So we're surrendering, surrendering ourselves to that. And uh, we, we can do that through prayers. And one prayer especially is the Our Father. Because we never, a lot of people don't realize that's a deliverance prayer. And within it, you know, we are delivered from a lot of things. We're asking for f the Father's help. Uh, we're asking to be freed. We're asking to, to give our lives over at the same time. And uh, then from there, of course, we have the rosary, always having Mary interceding for us to her son Jesus. Uh, we have the divine mercy chaplet, which we have just prayed. And then there's, there's other things we look in the scriptures, like Paul has, the armor of God. You know, what's the armor of God? Well, if you look into Ephesians chapter 6, you'll see uh, he's got a, like prayer of protections. He talks about how you put on the helmet of salvation and uh, you have the sword of the spirit within your, your hand and the shield of faith on your other hand. You know, these are things that, you know, he's saying, you know, dress yourself, but not only dress them, but take it in spiritually and, and, and really pray about what you're doing because it's a spiritual battle we're in and, and dealing with. So th that's a couple of things other than, you know, uh, you know, pleading the blood of Jesus upon our lives, which we always should do is, you know, we have to accept Jesus as our Savior and also praising God. So if you look in the Psalms, you can see a lot of what da David had to deal with. You know, there's a lot of things he kind of moans and groans about, but then he says, you know, but I praise you, God. It's almost like we're giving it over to God and saying, I know you can take this and make right come out of what seems to be evil happening in my life. So it's a, it's a couple of ideas, a couple of things that we can do. And I, th I think the most, you know, better thing, <laughs> that's kind of a weird way of putting it, but adoration, spending time in adoration with our Lord. Adoration is the first attitude of man acknowledging that he is a creator before his, or a creature before his creator. Adoration is homage of the spirit to the king of glory. Respectful silence is the presence of the even greater God. So being there with God, knowing he's there, and accepting that, even if it's silence. And you know, Father, some people say they don't know what they're supposed to do in adoration. They don't know if they're supposed to be sitting there reading prayers constantly for an hour of adoration. What's, what's your experience been? Uh, my experience and listening to others who are more, um, have more wisdom, shall we say, is to just put yourself in front of God. Get to know him as a person. You know, talk to him. It's what's on your heart, then listen. If you fall asleep, well, fall asleep in his arms. It's not a bad thing. You're there in his presence. At least you're making that effort to be in his presence. And he'll wake you up. <laughs> when, he, when you need to be woke up, he'll wake you up. But that's the greatest thing. You, the more you do that, the more you don't realize how he is influencing your life and changing your life. And all of a sudden, you just you, the Holy Spirit's kind of getting into you. He's, he's there. Um, Give them a chance. Don't think, well, I fell asleep or this or that and the other thing, and uh, you know, I, gosh, I really missed an opportunity. You were there, as long as you put the effort in. It's, it's fantastic. Do you open your heart when you go, when you personally go? Is that something that you open your heart? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially with learning about how to open my heart. Um, 
over time because I didn't know the Lord really personally. I was, you know, cradle Catholic and everything. But when I really said, you know, are you there? Are you real? That's when I, you know, start to say, okay, show me. And that's when he's allowed to walk in. You, you've seen those pictures with the, the door and Jesus on one side. And, of course, there's no handle on the outside where Jesus is. It's on the inside. We have to open it. So when I finally opened it, you know, whether I'm just sitting there or asking for him, when I finally opened it, he walks in and it's just, wow, okay, this is magnificent. I didn't know who you really were, were because I was talking through a door. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like one way to, if, we, if we're looking for blessings, you're saying one way is to go to the Holy Eucharist and just sit there and pour your heart out mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see see what happens next. Deacon Tom, I'm going to ask you a question. What I used to see you at Marytown. I was the four o'clock morning adorer that was always 10 minutes late. Okay. <laughs> and you were there. <laughs> I think you were at the six o'clock. I think I, I moved it to six hoping I'd be on time. Right. I yeah. used to, right. You did the, the one at six. Yes. What, what got you involved? Have you found that uh, a source of blessings is adoration? Absolutely. You know, especially with how busy our lives are, you know, and just how crazy things can be. It's so good to just take time out and you know, one of the things I remember, you remember Father Steve McKinley. Oh, yes. Yes. So one of the things that he told me one time, he said, you know, you don't always have to verbalize everything to the Lord in adoration. You can just sit there and be silent in his presence and just listen. You don't always have to be chatting. And I found that very helpful because you don't always feel like talking. You know, you, you just want to be there in his presence. You know, you just want to relax and, you know, let the Lord do his work. And so that's how I approach it many times. You know, sometimes I do pour my heart out. Sometimes I have a lot on my mind. But other times I just sit there quietly and I, I know that I don't have to say anything. Is that what led you to become a, a deacon? No. <laughs> um, I mean, that's part of it. But the, the way I ended up becoming a deacon is originally I had looked into religious life with the Franciscans. And after that process worked itself through, um, Brother Juniper one day approached me and asked me if I would be interested in becoming a deacon. And little did he know that right before that, I had gone to Medjugorje and I had prayed for a vocation to the diaconate, but I had never mentioned it to anybody. And then he walked up and approached me. So that's how I ended up in the diaconate program. Wow, that's a beautiful story. And Father, for the blessings, um, your late vocation you mentioned earlier, was there, uh, how, how did that happen? Oh, a lot of my mistakes, I would say. A lot of my desires in my life got in the way. So I, I uh, having a relationship with the Lord at eight years old, um, I, I know he was calling me, he was asking me to be a priest, and I said no. I mean, that's who I was at eight years old, but I, I knew I wanted something but I didn't realize that what I really wanted was what he was giving me. And I wanted to do, I wanted to heal myself in some sense because of some things that were going on at that age. Explain that, Father. Uh, I can't get into a lot of detail. Uh, it was, let's put it this way, psychologically, I, I knew that uh, um, I thought I could do better in my life, in my family life at that time. <laughs> at eight years old, you don't know what you're really thinking and saying. Um, and, and I thought, when I grow up, this is the way I'm going to do it, you know. To have a, that happens to everybody, where the Lord's pulling us in a certain direction that we know what's right for us, but we want to do what we want to do. It, right, and I think that was even with Sister Faustina at some point in her life, too. She, she wanted to 
do what you want to do, but the Lord kept pulling and pulling, and eventually that's what the Lord did with me. You know, I, I mean, I did go on and get married, and, but it didn't, it didn't work out. It failed. It went through the divorce, and, and then I says, okay, well, let's go through the annulment, and then it still took him another something like 15 to 17 years to heal me from that situation, from that woundedness, from my own pride, until I said, okay, let's try it your way. And, and to get over my fear, I stepped in just to see what that was about. And this has been uh, the happiest I've ever been in my life, you know. So he knew what was going to make you happy before you knew what was going to make you happy. Yeah, that's, that's, every, that's for everyone. That's for everyone, yes. So I'm, I'm glad where I'm at, you know. I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't have hardships and heartaches or hard times. Uh, that's part of life, you know. But I can do it with joy, knowing that he's going to bring me through it, and he has a purpose for what's going on. You know, Father, you were mentioning blessings. A lot of times I'll hear Catholics say, well, if you do such and such, God won't bless that, you know, or God will bless that. Can you explain? You mentioned a little bit um, about blessings, but um, I've heard people say, well, you know, like people are praying for a certain outcome of something, and they're asking God's favor on that outcome. But maybe it's their their motives aren't right or correct. Uh, we have to be in line with the Lord, and we have to ha- be following. If, if we go back to Genesis uh, or, or Deuteronomy, let's let's go back to Deuteronomy. There's, I mean, the Lord talks to Moses, and and, and Moses set, sets up all the commandments, you know, and tells Israel, if you follow my commandments, if you do this, you know, everything will go well with you. And that's what we have to do in our lives. We have to follow the commandments, and Jesus reiterates that to his disciples, his apostles, you know, listen to my commands, follow my commandments, you know, do as I'm asking you to do. If we veer off, we can ask God for something, but are we really in line with the Lord in our prayers? Uh, maybe we're not. Maybe we're, we're something in our lives that we're doing that is not in line with the Lord, so we can't really get the full blessing that we're asking for. Um, Is it pride that's really making us ask for what we want to ask? We have to step back and really analyze where we at. Are we in line with the Lord? Do I have to go to confession? Do I have to repent? Do I have to make reprimand for something I did in my life? You know, whatever whatever it was 20 years ago or if it was two days ago, we got to make sure we're in line with the Lord. And that's how we get the blessing. Otherwise, in one sense, we put ourselves in the curse. We're cursing ourselves when we sin because we're stepping away from God. We're putting a barrier between us and God. God wants to bless us, but he can't bless us fully or he can't because we're stepping away by our sin. We're pulling ourselves away. And so that's kind of the curse in a sense. And, and that's just with a small, small C. Small C. But what, what is the curse, Father? You talked about blessings. What's the curse? Well, all right, let's go with the definition for to start off. The curse is a contrast to blessing that signifies the calling down of misfortune on persons or objects, or it is the misfortune itself. It is a definite effect thought to be accomplished by the employment of harmful expressions or signs. Sin is an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is the failure in genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. Sin is an offense against God. Sin sets itself against God's love for us and turns our hearts away from it. Now here's this, here, here this definition of sin signifies harmfulness of a curse also. So matter if it's a, a curse with a big C or a small C, it, you know, we're separating ourselves. It's harming God. It's, or not harming God, it's harming 
uh, other people because we're not loving God, we're refusing to love God with sin, and we're refusing to love our neighbor at times. So that's kind of where we're at. We're and what's the difference between, I'm sorry, the difference between a curse with a big C or a little C? Well, the, what I mean by the curse with the big C is that you get into the magic here, and, and, and uh, Deacon Tom could probably, you know, jump in on this at, at some point, but the, so you're using magic, you're using prayer. It's, you're doing all you can, like you would praying to God, and, and they're praying to Satan, or, or in other ways, to hurt somebody, to offend somebody, to block them from God, um, and that's with the big C. Now, with this, what I mean by the small C is our own sins, by we're separating ourselves from God, we're putting ourselves under the, under the curse. So instead of, like what God was saying through Moses, Israel will bless you for a thousand generations if you follow my commandments. Otherwise, you'll be cursed to the third and fourth generation. Um, and that's, that's really putting yourself, putting a barrier between not only you and God, but your family, because what you learn, what you do that's offensive to God, you actually pass down to your family. You're teaching them, you're showing them how to do things wrong or how to do things against God. And they just, that's what they learn. So they, they start pulling away from God. So that's kind of what I mean by big C and small C. Deacon Tom, did you want to add to that? Sure. Um, whenever you look to resolve any kind of an issue in your life and you turn to some place other than God, you know, say you're involved with the occult, you know, tarot cards, um, Reiki, you know, some of the Eastern, Eastern religion um, healing practices. If it's not centered on God, then you're opening yourself up to all kinds of bad and nasty things because that vacuum has to be filled by something and it's going to be filled by something that is not God. And so you're inviting curses upon yourself by getting involved in those type of things. And so, you know, people think, oh, that's just har harmless stuff, but it really isn't harmless. It's very, very dangerous to mess around with those things. How, how do people know if, I've had a number of people say, how do they know if they have a curse? Well, I don't think they really know right off the top of their head unless somebody's in their family or somebody's actually gone and said something, you know, uh, um, and put a curse on them. Um, there, there are some things that you, you might have to look at. Um, uh, are there things in a house that are moving? Maybe it's not on them but on the house. Maybe something was done in the house. So you're seeing things cursed in the house, or it was uh, the house was built on a burial ground of an ancient religion, like Indian religion or something, and there's things happening there. Like I say, things moving. They're seeing things. Uh, faces are popping up in the middle of the night, or they're seeing an apparition going across the room. Uh, one person I know of, th uh, with the witness, there were sparks that just floated through the room at the same time. Um, so there, there are things like that that you know, you wonder why, what's, what's going on here? Is it the house or is it me? And it could be just the spirit trying to, you know, get your attention and, you know, put fear in you in that. For them, a person to be cursed, what's going on? That's hard to say. You, you, you have to kind of really analyze the situation. Uh, are, you dr are your dreams uh, nasty dreams, uh, evil dreams, or things coming up in the middle of the night like that. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, a, a few things. It's not everything, of course. You know, I had a discussion with Joe Scheidler from the Pro Life Action League on one of our shows, and he was saying that he met a man 
that um, evidently he had a picture of himself with Joe. And the reason he took a picture was so that he could curse him all those years because he explained to him that he was involved in the satanic cult. I hope I get this right, but my recollection is that this man was in the satanic cult. And he said, every time you deprive me of an abortion, it's like depriving you of going to the Eucharist. So he was saying, you know, that essentially abortion is human sacrifice to Satan. It feeds mm-hmm. him. It feeds mm-hmm. the beast. Mm-hmm. It's the, the devil demands blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So when people are praying outside of an abortion clinic and stopping abortions, essentially you're putting yourself in the middle of that, that the demon's daily bread, if you will. So he spent all those years cursing him. And it wasn't until, I don't know how many years later, that he went into the man and he, you know, obviously this man turned his life around and told, told Joe what he was doing. But every day he was doing that in front of his picture. Well, it's interesting that uh, Joe Scheidler is still doing pretty well, though, isn't it? Yes, and that's the <laughs> thing about do curse. When people do curse you, how does that, does it, does it have to take effect or is it depending on your vulnerabilities? It depends on your vulnerabilities, yes, but also, you know, are you protecting yourself? Are you putting yourself under the blood of Christ? So we do have to protect ourselves through prayer, definitely. Uh, going to confession, and, you know, I say annually, but, you know, as, as much as you need to go. Um, but we have to remember that Jesus was cursed himself by yes. being placed on the cross. And this is what's interesting, actually, something that Tom wrote kind of came up in my head. God always reverses what seems to be bad with something that doesn't seem obvious, you know. He allows his son to be put on a tree, and it, it was a curse to be put on a tree. But yet, it's because of that that he was able to reverse the curse to a blessing. So, and it is through the blood that life comes. And, and that's, the old sacrifice was the, the life of the animal was in the blood. And, and God tells that to Moses, and this is what you're offering, the life for your life, and that's what Jesus did. He, but it wasn't uh, this poor animal sacrifice, it was this live person who had no sin that was offered for us. So that's what affected the law to, to change. That was the only thing, a perfect sacrifice. And the life of the blood was given to us so we could be saved and we could be protected. So once we're under the blood of Christ, we are protected as long as we sincerely believe that. And that's the key here. We got so many lukewarm Catholics out there that they're not sincerely getting off the fence. And what do they say in Revelations about the lukewarm Catholics? I want to spit you out of the mouth. The real interpretation is I want to vomit you out of your mouth, out of my mouth. You know, because it's so detestable. We give them dry heaves. Yeah. We give them spiritual <laughs> dry heaves. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it, this is why we need to get off the fence and really say, okay, I believe in you. I believe what you're do- doing for me. Thank you, Lord. I mean, we got to really thank them because there's no no one else has a perfect life except Jesus and his mm-hmm. blood. Je- Jesus reiterated that to Faustina, that nothing offended him more than those who were lukewarm. He said, Why do you I, think that is? He said, I would rather you, you be hot or you be cold because it shows indifference. It means you just don't care. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, if somebody is cold, it means they could be ignorant. They don't understand. But if you're lukewarm, you, you get it, but you don't care. You, you just ignore the fact that Jesus died for you. You just you ignore, you ignore your faith. And that's really what offends him the most because of the way he suffered for us to grant us eternal life. How do you think he feels for those that know that abortion is absolutely murder and they don't care, 
they just don't care. Is that an example of lukewarmness? I'm going to jump in. Jump in, Rosemary. I've been going to you. What's that? I think we're lazy. I think laziness, sloth, is a sin that keeps people from acting on their beliefs when they should. So you think it's not lukewarm? Well, is laziness the same as lukewarmness? Yes. Or is it different? Yes, I think it is. Oh. What do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's like sitting in front of a TV. What are you doing? You're doing nothing. You're allowing the TV to uh, pull your imagination through. You don't have to do anything. You're just kind of there, you know, and that's how it is with people in life now because we have so many things that, you know, edify us in the sense of, oh, I, I can pamper myself. I don't have to work at it, you know, put the, mar- put the bag of mar- uh, popcorn in the microwave and let it pop. You know, you don't have to sit there on the stove like we used to do with the pan and <laughs> shuffle it and shuffle it and shuffle it so you wouldn't burn it. Um, and, and that's where our world's gone to. It's gone to the point where we don't have to do anything. Um, it's just handed to us. And this is what r- what's wrong with prayer sometimes. We get into that rote mentality of, okay, I'll just repeat these prayers over and over the rosary real quick and, and say them real quick and uh, get it out of the way. And you're not really dedicating your heart. You're not, off, you're not getting off the fence. You're not doing anything. You're, not, you're just neither hot nor cold. You know, you're just trying to stay where, oh, I'm doing it. I'm kind of doing this. And it's not right. We're checking off the list. Yeah. 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 Is that what it is? Is your heart's yeah. not yeah. in? And, and basically, you're, you're just putting yourself, I mean, he can't do nothing with that. So you get thrown in the fire. You're cursing yourself. There, if you want to go back to curses, you're not blessing yourself because you're, you're doing nothing. You're good for nothing except for the fire. Can societies have curses? Or I'm just thinking about the United States and the legislation that's been being passed here in Illinois. Are there groups of people? Is it, is it an individual thing, or can it also affect groups? Oh, yes. You go back to Fatima, and uh, we were talking about this, uh, how you know the three visionaries were warned you know, with the wars and everything. If, you, if more and more people keep going to one side or, and doing evil things, you're cursing the whole society. I mean, look at what happened now. We're, they're pe- trying to pass all these abortion um, legalities, you know, and say, you know, let's, let's now kill the child all the way up to, you know, when it's born and, and stuff like that. Um, it, and people are just saying, yeah, whatever, you know, that way if I, I don't have to worry about a child. It's, it, you're cursing the whole society here and it's making it wrong. And then those people, those kids, will grow up um, thinking it's okay, and a lot of kids do now. They think it's okay to go get an abortion if I make a mistake and have sex outside of marriage. And that's a, that's a sadness. It's a sadness for all those children because they're becoming uh, corrupted and impure um, in heart, not just in body, but in heart and mind. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, you're hearing the voice of Father Flans Honda. Uh-oh, I said it wrong. Flandor. Flandor, yes. Flandor. I'm from Boston, Father. <laughs> and Deacon Tom Gaeta will be right back after this message uh, for Healing the Whole Person show. We'll be right back. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. 
WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident, and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Well, hello and welcome back to this episode of Healing the Whole Person. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson. We have Father Hans Blonder of Marytown. At National Shrine of Maximilian. I still love Mary. You know, I keep putting her first. Marytown of the National Shrine of Maximilian Colby. And uh, Deacon Tom, uh, along with Heidi and Rosemary in the studio audience. And Father, before we get started, we have a lot of prayer intentions. So maybe can we get right, right at Absolutely. those? Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Father. Well, first of all, my phone was texting last night, all night. Uh, Vince had open heart surgery. It wasn't open heart, but they actually transplanted a heart. So oh. it is when they actually take it out of someone and transplant it. And I think, Rosemary, you know the family um, that uh, Vince is a member of. But anyway, he I guess it's a very traumatic, scary thing for the family as well as for him. So they asked that you would pray for him today on the show. Okay. And this is Vince. Vince. Lord, we do pray for Vince. We do pray that his new heart will not reject, uh, be rejected by his body, but everything will be going, be going according to your will. And we thank you for the donor. We thank you for, for their spirit and their soul. We ask that you bless that person also. And we ask that Vince will always have health. Amen. 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 Uh, Martha uh, had an ambulance last night. She had. Uh, she is recovering from stage four breast cancer. Uh, she's. It's been a struggle for her, and then she's been experiencing spasms in her hip and in her leg. She's not sure. She believes it's sciatica or something else. She's hoping that's what it is. But she asked for your prayers. Lord, we pray for Martha. We ask that you really bring total healing upon her, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will flood her body, flood her, her mind, flood her soul, flood her veins and her, her tendons and everything that's within her and relax her, Lord. We ask that the Holy Spirit will do a marvelous thing and that she'll be a witness for you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, 
a husband of someone, his name is Keith, and he suffers from terrible rage and anger. And he takes it out on his wife, but his wife's kind of has no choice. She's kind of stuck in that situation without any options, and it upsets her and causes health issues. So we, she asks that we pray for Keith. Lord, we ask that your blessing to be upon this man, that you would open him up to see what you want for him. Lord, we know that he needs healing of some kind, that he might not even recognize that he needs the healing and to forgive somebody in his life or many people. We ask that you open his life up to this forgiveness, to look to you for that help that he needs to forgive the, this person or persons and then to bring healing so he himself may be freed. In your name, Jesus, amen. 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 Um, we have Judge Tom Shippers. He's no stranger to Marytown. We did a whole show on him, and he uh, mentioned in the show a number of times how we would go to Marytown at night first to pray for his grandson, who was deathly ill. And um, it was at Marytown in adoration that he realized that he was very sick and he had no symptoms. But he uh, went to the doctor, and they discovered, first they said, no, there's nothing wrong. And he said, no, I know there's something wrong. And after pursuing, he kept going to adoration at Marytown. The doctor said, oh my goodness, you have pancreatic cancer. And as you know, he's been battling this for the past few years. He's there quite often. He just flew to Houston um, for some, uh, to see if there's anything at all that they can do because um, it's advanced quite a bit. So we offered to include him in your prayers, Father. Tom, Tom. Tom. yes. Judge Tom. Judge Tom. Lord, we ask your blessing upon Judge Tom. We thank you for his his uh, time with you in adoration. We ask that you look upon all the goodness he has done in, in his time of prayer for others. We ask that you do and use a miracle in his life, that you would use him as a witness for others. We ask that, uh, that this cancer within his pancreas will be obliviated and that you restore his pancreas to like a brand new one. We ask this through the grace of your Holy Spirit and through the love of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen. And then we have one from uh, several online, but I'll just try to, there's so many different items here. Uh, some have to do with um, souls in purgatory um, manifesting themselves um, mm -hmm. and praying for souls in purgatory that uh, in this person's life, and, uh, cancer, uh, healing, dislocation of the bones, uh, schizophrenia, um, and then uh, mental, mental like obsessions and addictions and lack of control. So there's a whole lot here. So mm -hmm. I'm just gonna, I don't know how to do this, Father. Lord, we're gonna lift everything lift up. Lift them all we'll up. Lift this is a major up. lift up. This is what we do, and this is what we can do with our Lord, because He knows everything. He knows everybody by, by name. Lord, we just ask that you do take all these prayer intentions, that you would see that we are looking for your greatness to come into their lives. We're asking, Lord, that you give them peace, even if they are suffering at this moment, that you would show them that you are there with them. Walk with them through this and bring healing where healing is necessary in their lives. You only know what they're going to get out of all this and how this will bring them closer to you. And we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, hear these prayers through your Son. Amen. 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 And then, Father, why don't we conclude with the, I'm sure that our listeners uh, have many things that they are praying for, for healing. Maybe could you do a general prayer for everyone who's listening right now sure. on the radio station? 
Everyone that is listening, we ask that you hold up those prayer petitions within your mind and your heart right now. Sincerely give it to the Lord. Know that Jesus is our Savior and that the blood he shed for every one of us is to bring uh, back to the natural state all that's become unnatural. We ask that there be freedom in all different areas of their life. We ask you, Lord, to hear all these prayers. We ask that you touch them and really speak to every person so they know that their prayer is being heard by you. And we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 So, Father, one of the things that you uh, have here uh, is a program that you call Trekking with Jesus. Oh, yes. And, you know, a lot of the healing requests that we get are for men, either women who are being hurt by men. It might be addiction to pornography or other addictions. Mm-hmm. could be work addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about this program and how it can help men. That well, enroll in it. Uh, me and Tom just wanted to st- start hiking, you know, because it's something I started at the age of 50, which is kind of late in life, but <laughs> it's all right. Watch it, Father. That's really yeah. not that late. <laughs> 50 is a good age. Well, yeah. Yeah. 50 is the 50 new 30. Next, I'm turning okay. 50 You're next turning 50? Oh, that's it the new 20 then. It is a brand new 30. I'm okay. 29 right now. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Father. And uh, so we were going to go hiking, then there was like, why don't we open this up to others, you know, friends and that. And then I thought, well, maybe this would be helpful for um, you know, bring in some vocation since I'm the vocation director. And then it went on from, you know, there's so many men out there that need something and there's so many programs for women and I mean women just flock to these things and they come and do them and, and you know, they, they work together very easily where men, not so much. And so, I, well, this is something outside, this is something rough and tough, whatever. And so we decided to open up to men and say, you know, this is a prayer we can have mass together in the morning. We can go hiking and talk about anything we want um, as long as it's Christ-centered. And um, then they got, you know, depending on how many religious or brothers or priests are there, they can ask questions of us. And so that's, you know, that's what we did. And the, the first one was fantastic, you know, and, and you know, I just kind of bobbed up and down the line as we hiked in this 90 degree weather <laughs> with Deacon Tom here and uh, he survived and we all survived and we had a good time. A little bit sweaty at the end, but that's the whole purpose. Uh, and it was, to, it was to get and solidify men, say, you are the spiritual leader of your family and that's what they need to know the moms are the heart of the family and so there, there's there's a reason we have this hierarchy it's not just to, to say you know he's better or that they're supposed to lead they're supposed to defend they're built to defend mothers have a heart they're supposed to have mercy and and care and that i mean that's how they're built so father what you're saying is like so countercultural, <laughs> isn't it right right we live in a society that is like they want the right. men to be women the women to be men and they don't <laughs> even want i mean it's just and look how idea. many people are confused because of that yeah. now yeah, yeah. And, and they call men toxic. Yeah. Please. Uh-oh. We need to get toxic. back to that. Father's suffering from toxic masculinity. We need that back in our society. That's what's totally wrong. Why do you wrong. say that, Heidi? Because these men are getting too soft. They're like women. The women are becoming the men because the men are stepping up and they're sitting back and letting the women do everything. And that's what's falling apart. God didn't create us to be that way. The men are supposed to be the providers. They're supposed to be taking care of everything. And the women are right there beside them to help them to become a better man. Mm. And they can't do that when they're doing both jobs. We're supposed to complement each other. Yes, exactly. exactly. That's why we're half. We're part of, you know, Adam gave the rib, you know. And now I don't know if you saw one of the the new Illinois laws that Go you ahead, no John. longer have to declare your gender yeah, on your driver's that? license. 
Uh, DNA will always tell you what you are if you're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, you know. And what's behind all that? There's a lot behind that, I think. Um, and it's, it's, it goes back to sitting on the fence again, you know. Uh, how do I, you know, I feel this way or I'm not sure about myself. And there, I would say it goes back to the leader of the family. The, f- the, the husband is working. He says, I'm working, I'm tired, I want to go home, I want to sit. But that's the problem. He, he's got to compliment his wife, as Tom brought up, Deacon Tom brought up. He's supposed to work with them. The mother's home with the kids all the time. And they also hear is little babbly, the kids, it's, it doesn't enlighten their minds sometimes. They need to ha- talk to their husband and they're wondering why, the husband's like, why are you talking to me so much? Well, I need somebody that's got some intellect this time, you know? An adult voice. Uh, there, there's a balance that we have to learn and we're not listening to each other. The man's not listening to his wife, the, the woman's not listening to her husband. And it, go, it goes back to learning to l- how to listen to each other and, and to compliment and to see where they're coming from and say, okay, I guess I better share in a little bit of this. Or, you know, when the, when the husband comes home, you know, give her a little break. But the woman's got to say, maybe I should give him 15 minutes to cool off a little bit from work so get his head straight so he can help me. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, there's this compliment that's got to go back and forth, give and give, you know, uh, give and, and take, so to speak. Um, so... You know, Kyle said that um, the reason the devil goes after the whole, all of the sexual things that the devil goes after is because that was the first blessing. God's first blessing on humanity was be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he hates that so much. And so much of the energy is being devoted towards, well, towards destruction a, of, the of the family. It certainly explains abortion, gay marriage. Oh, yeah. Tell us, you mentioned uh, Fatima. Tell us a little bit about the prediction at Fatima for those who don't know. One of you had mentioned earlier about Fatima. Well, I, I was going to leave it up to you. <laughs> 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 um, I'm not sure what you're looking for. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I do know that Mary told um, the oldest visionary. Um, yes, Lucia. Lucia. Yeah. That the final battle would be over the family, that that would be the ultimate battle. And that leading up to the end times. And so you have to wonder, you know, when we see all these things happening that are happening. In the silence, I think that you mentioned, I mean, when you talk, I know the show's about healing, but it can't feel good to be, sometimes, you know, it doesn't feel good to speak up and get that coldness when people look at you and you feel, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you know, I don't, I don't see it that way. And we speak up and defend the Catholic faith. Right. Mm-hmm. But right. I think it must feel worse to in your heart see what's going on and know better and be you're almost kind of being bullied into keeping yes. your religion to yourself rosemary what do you have i to know say about a lot that? of people who in their hearts don't they disagree with what's being said but they don't want to speak out you know we've um experienced uh somebody speaking from the altar you know about something about homosexuality and people stand up and clap i mean it's it's all it takes is one person in the congregation to stand up and lead the wrong way mm. there should be others that lead back you're saying speaking about homos in favor of homosexuality yes. and people clap yes. oh i thought you meant against oh yes it. you know and it's it's the old diversity thing that we're all being forced into that mold. Well, I think the worst one is the when we're talking about men and the uh, 
Trekking with Jesus program that it's so needed because I think men are bullied into thinking that all women think a certain way yeah. and that they're being going against women if they're going against mortal sin, which is what's being shoved down our throat is mortal sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the men are bullied. They're almost afraid that if yeah. they say anything against the sin that they're going to have, that women, all women are for it. Yeah, and, and the men are, I think, get to a point where they're with, with so many guys, you know, being in construction or horticulture, you know, I was with guys a lot, and it just kind of perpetuates itself, you know, they start to swear, they start to talk about things, they start to talk about women, they start, and it becomes all mortal sin vocal vocabulary and it's it's unfortunate because they think okay that's the way it's a man's supposed to be they don't realize it's kindness and justice and right you know stand up that i mean you got to be tough to stand up you can be a man and stand up for what's right for what's moral i mean and that was uh, scott Hahn points this out you know, about genesis you know uh, where was adam he was supposed to protect Eve from the snake. That snake should never have gotten in the garden. Wow! <laughs> you know, and and he turns he, he turns it over. It's like, well, Eve would not have been tempted if Adam would have been doing his job. You know, keeping an you know, eye so on So this her. is this is his theolo- theological theory. You know, behind what possibly could have happened. You know, was it Adam's fault or Eve's fault? They both got, you know, a, yeah, in some sense, yeah. So it, w- that's why you got to compliment each other. You got to work with each other. Do your job man protect your wife you know keep on the moral standards wife you know love your husband support him you know because he's he's taking the front line here Mm -hmm. you you work together and i always like the part where god's you know they say god took adam's rib from his side didn't take it from the front of man didn't take it from the back of man woman's supposed to walk by man's side wow Mm -hmm. you know so we got to compliment each other we got to do what's right we got to do what's moral and that means for the man and the woman absolutely to, to walk in this life and to stand up be both got to be tough and you have yep. good friends i think friends like you were mentioning to me what i always got out of that story is she she they could have been anywhere in the garden what were they hanging around that tree for it's like that pro- <laughs> we speak the nuns would say the, hox, the proximate cause of sin uh-huh. it's like mm-hmm. You could be anywhere. What are you hanging around the tree? So in their mind, they were already, you know how you say, in my thought, in my words, and what I do. So they were already thinking about it, or they wouldn't have been hanging out there. And they were there together. And I think when you were talking about your Trekking with Jesus program, the idea of being around solid Catholic men yeah. and having solid Catholic male friends. You know, my grandmother, show That's me your important. friends and I'll show me, show, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future, is what she'd say. Mm-hmm. You know, just what you're doing, you know, we wish you so much luck. And to bring prayer into that conversation, too. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, that, that's such an important aspect, you know, the, the power of prayer. And, you know, intercessory prayer is a form of blessing, you know, as we started talking about curses and blessing, you know, because you're, you, you need to. You need to pray through that, and I see we're running out of time here. So yeah, I, no, that's yeah, okay, Deacon Tom. Thank you. That's a great point. So before we close, uh, could we ask you for your priestly blessing on our audience? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. spirit. Lord God, we ask your blessing upon all that have listened today, that your grace and your spirit will speak to their hearts. And we ask that you protect them and watch over them and always show them how to bless themselves through this blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Father and Deacon Tom, where can people go to find out more information about your program? 
Uh, just come over to Marytown and uh, they'll get some information about it through us. Marytown in Libertyville, Illinois. Libertyville. Or they could send an email. Um, that would probably be the most direct way to get a hold of at least me. And my email is on the website. It's Tom at ColbyShrine.org. Tom but at ColbyShrine. If they look under staff and employees, they'll, they'll find it. Thank you. God bless you both. Great show. Thank you and God bless. been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She said, inlaid. Can you imagine being in hell? And somebody.